Hello and welcome to Board Stupid, the podcast that loves talking tabletop board games, D&D and other awesome stuff. I'm Wayne. I'm Simon. And I'm Tom. We're just nerds talking about the things we love that are worth geeking out over. So Simon, are you ready? I certainly am. Tom, are you ready? I certainly am indeed. I'm ready to make a witch's brew. And if you guys are ready, let's dive into this week's episode. This week, we played Quacks of Quedlinburg. We Played is a series where we talk about an epic board game that we played this week. And this week, it's the ingredient collecting, ruby trading, fortune telling, potion brewing weirdness of Quacks of Quedlinburg. In this episode, we'll be diving into the things we liked and breaking down the elements that make it great. Because at the end of the day, we only play awesome games. And Quacks of Quedlinburg continuously defies all odds to both our delight and uh, consternation. <laughs> disaster. <laughs> and for delight and disaster. In the Quacks of Quedlinburg, players are charlatans or quack doctors, hence the name, each making their own secret brew by adding ingredients one at a time. You take care with what you add, though, for a pinch too much of this or a pinch too much of that will spoil the whole mixture. Each player has their own bag of ingredients chips, and during each round, they'll simultaneously draw chips from their bags and add them to their pots. The higher the face value of the drawn chip, the further it's placed in the pot's swirling pattern, increasing how much the potion is worth. You can push your luck as far as you can, but if you add too many cherry bombs, your pot will explode. Quacks of Quedlinburg plays two to four players, five with an expansion, is designed by Wolfgang Vorsch, uh, the art design is by Dennis Lohausen and Wolfgang Vorsch, published by Schmidtspieler, plays in 45 minutes and has an MSRP of $29.99. Not a game about ducks. No, no, no indeed. Sorely disappointed, really. <laughs> Should send uh. it back. <laughs> it's a weird name, isn't it? Well, yeah, Quack Doctors. I, I, I think, you know, if you looked at it on the shelf, the artwork... And the name might put people off. It has got a distinctly Euro look. It does. It does. Right. And, and you would assume maybe from a glance that it's very dry. You'd think it's trading in the German market. It, it's kind of cartoony. I like it. It's very bright and colourful. It reminds me of an old Amiga game called Settlers. I don't know if you guys ever yeah, played that. Yeah, yeah. Not that the game looked like that, but the box art definitely did. <laughs> kind of a, a cartoonized <laughs> medieval village setup that you're looking at. Very but, German, very German. Yes, yeah, and not you know that's I think very no German. bad thing at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely, if you are looking to complete an alphabet of games, <laughs> yep. certainly the UK <laughs> spelling. Anyway, obviously, uh, I've seen the European versions quite often the a K rather than the Q U uh, for their spelling of quack. Yep. But yeah, well, but let's crack de- on with those. Uh... Definitely no wait, quack on, quack on. Let's quack. <laughs> let's quack on. <laughs> no doctor, <Dr. laughs> <laughs> quack on. <laughs> With the components and art design. I'm so, sorry. Yeah, so no, it's, it's been a while. It's been a little while, hasn't it? Uh, but no, it's it's a totally fine-looking game. To be fair, the components are of a fine quality. Um, let's start with those components actually before we talk about the wider design of it. Some nice thick board. You get a lovely uh, sort of potion. Pot yeah, your cauldron, swirling 
potion cauldron. Yeah. It's great. And actually, having made some notes, I completely forgot that these are double-sided. Yeah. And they have a slightly different sort of method of so play and setup, do. depending on which side they are. Yeah. The, the side that we played today with Simon, because it, it's his first time playing it, is sort of like the base setup version, and then there's a more sort of advanced version with an additional mechanic as well. Uh-huh. On the back of it. Yeah. Quite Interesting. That. We'll have to play again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so you get a player board, which is essentially a swirly pot of potiony goodness. You also have a whole heap of individual ingredient tiles and chips. And they're like The tiles are shaped like little open books. They're like little potion ingredient books. Yeah, like a recipe book. Yeah. Which and, is quite uh, yeah, uh, and they're again double-sided, and in fact, there's multiple copies of sort of each of the different types of tiles. So you have loads of different combinations you can use. Yeah, each of those specific tiles has got a different rule or or mm-hmm. uh, effect for if you were to buy that matching type of ingredient and put it in your bag. Interestingly enough, yeah, as you say, this they're double-sided, and there's a ton of them. So yeah. the variety is huge. You also get a nice little deck of cards. Uh, it's a it's a deck of cards, and it's neither here nor there. I mean, it's a, it's a small part of the game. It's kind of an event deck. Um, yes, but Mo- minor events, yeah, not a, a really small huge modifier to for it. that yeah. round. Yeah, yeah. yeah quite. Uh, again, uh, tokens wise, just a heap of, a heap of those ingredient chips that you're going to use as uh, throw in your bag. Mm. And, and through necessity, they are all exactly the same sort of size and shape. Yes, um, the artwork on them is quite simple. Yeah. They're but, essentially just a coloured chip of a, a face value, but you're supposed to not be able to tell them apart once they're in the bag. Yeah, exactly. But each right. has a nice solid design, yeah. a, a vivid colour, you know what you've got. Yeah. Did they come on a sheet that you needed to punch? Or? Yeah, they were punched. Okay, yeah, so you yeah, were yeah. pushing punching lot, for lots a while. and lots. Yeah, yeah punching for so a while. it's probably, what, 200 plus? It's quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the number is, actually. Yeah. It might be tell us. A, a satisfi- uh, satisfying quantity of each of these little individual yeah. tokens. At least in the base game. Yeah, there is 215 ingredient <laughs> chips. There we go. And three extra replacement chips if you lose any of the white ones. Oh, there we go. Through frustration. Oh, those white fuck ones. the white chips. Yeah, those white Feed chips. Feed them to the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Feed them to Frank. Um, you also get a little cloth bag to use for your in- ingredient bag to put all yep, your ingredients in. I wanted, to, I wanted yep. to point out, this is weird. So we bought our copies of the games at more or less exactly the same time yes. from... They were adjacent to one another on the shelf. In the shop, the same the shop. shop. Yep. And my version has nice silk finish bags, and yours are like cotton oh, finish bags. Cotton finish bag. That's interesting. It is weird. I think I, I think I'd prefer the silk finish bag. Yeah, they're really nice. It, it, it must have been like a different print run or something. Yeah, maybe one print run apart. There's a little dice that you get, a little custom dice for a little bonus. I that made you a get. list. You'll get. I know. I'm reading from the list. Not even reading my notes. I am reading from the. I'm reading from the notes. Um, you also get a few uh, little uh, wooden tokens that you'll use for point scoring and for other effects in the game. Yeah, and the rubies? One... Have we mentioned the rubies? No, a little no. plastic. It's that same sort of gem shape that you see in every Euro game. Yeah, like Everdell's plastic... got something very similar yeah, shape. Yeah, that plastic yeah. gem shape. Everdell, I think Istanbul uses the Near same far, one. I think, Near uses, far uses those. the same one. I always Caverna assume it's... and Agricola use yeah. the same ones. I always assume it's the end of something more important and it's just a chipped off end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it, yeah. Absolutely. Art design-wise, nice consistent theming. It has a very sort of medieval-esque. It's very bright and colourful. I think it's very eye-catching. So when you're sat at the table, you're going to have a lot of curve appeal. I think you're going to have a lot of people mm. going, 
what earth are you playing? Yeah. Because it's so bright and there's so many bits. Yeah. But and not in a complicated shapes, fashion. Odd shaped boards and odd shaped I things. Just, I really like, like the so player boards because they are, they're sort of designed to look like you are standing over a desk with a cauldron on it. Yeah. And and even the spaces for you to keep track of your resources, your little rat tail token and your neutralizer and potion your and your gems, and, yeah. they, they have like a little bag of gems drawn out and then you, you put the gems on top of it. Of course you do, yeah. And, and, yeah, and you put your neutralizer in the neutralizer tray, yeah. as yeah. you would. Yeah. Doesn't everyone do that when they're cooking? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah I it's, think... It's not stylized. It's it's supposed to be sort of like a, a proper representation of what a potion cauldron might look like. Yeah. Although, obviously, without all the numbers in the uh, in the swirling uh, pattern. Oh, yeah, quite. I think production-wise, it's, it's lovely. It's a perfectly fine design. But I do get the feeling that they probably could have got more sales and made it even more popular if it wasn't so if it wasn't like Quacks of, I, think, I, I think Quacks of Quedlinburg is an off-putting name for what the game is the game is super fun which we'll get to later so but I feel like there it, is another game yeah of a similar sort of ilk called Potion Explosion okay and this game would match that title exactly it as really well it would wouldn't it Potion yeah. Explosion and that sounds like a cool game that I could you know. uses uh, stacked marbles and you're trying to like connect marbles together ah. this game suits that you, yeah. yeah yeah, for sure for sure anyway, what to, would... to counter that though I'd say certainly for for my liking it's got the alliteration and quacks of Quedlinburg you're not going to forget that you might <laughs> that's true you may struggle to say Quedlinburg I do but <laughs> <laughs> just quacks quacks will do I think quacks is fine. undoubtedly this will be referred to as quacks very rapidly by anyone who owns or has played it more than once what would we rate the production then are we are we mixing I, we haven't done this for a while are we mixing yeah. in the cost kind of analysis at the same yeah. point yeah. I think for you said 30 quid for this 30 yeah. quid I wouldn't ask it's for anything more it's very reasonable for yeah. the amount of stuff that you get it's the, very reasonable yeah, it's, bo- it's almost entirely cardboard yes but you know, you can't get many more games in that sort of price range that that give you this much content. When I say content, it's replayability. There's a huge amount of oh, replayability. There's a, there's a ton of it, which we'll get to. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to lead in and say I'm happy. I think this is a good four out of five, yeah. at the very least, for production yeah. value. Yeah. yeah, that sounds fair. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure what would push it to a five. I suppose you could make everything... More gem-like, more plasticky, more shiny. But I'll tell you what it I would don't be. think it would necessarily benefit from that. The uh, gameplay works. The, the one thing, and I've seen you can buy on uh, Board Game Geek Market or whatever it is, it's um, replacement chits. Yep. Tokens. Yeah, I've like, seen like, coin holders like, or yeah. uh, replacement ones that are like plastic. They're like a plastic kind of like a, you know that, what's that, um, Baker-like kind of feel. Yeah, like acrylic kind yeah, of. Yeah, like mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it makes the whole process of pulling them out of the bag so much nicer. Yeah. Because it, it also makes that nice you know, sound. They don't stick together and they don't wear out. You yeah, know, I was so, going to say um, there was one of the... A couple what? of the chips are a little bit worn. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just through the because you're constantly handling this bag you're of shaking chips and shaking them. them out. Yeah, exactly. uh, That's the one thing I think, but um, it's a perfectly legit. Yeah. I think the cardstock will hold up for as long as you need, yeah, exactly. unless this is like your only game. Yeah, but like I said, would be a very minor drawback. Yeah. Quite good stuff. All right, let's talk about the core mechanics of the game. So, Simon, you won this one. I did, remarkably. Beginner's so, luck, I guess. Yeah, well, uh, how do I you I like win? to play fast and loose with my potions. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw whatever in there, blinds, yeah, don't look at it. How do you win a game of Quacks of Quedlinburg? Okay, I'll do my best to make this as concise as possible. Each round you make a potion. As you are making potions, you're placing ingredients which you draw at random from your bag. 
your bag will slowly fill up with more and more different potion ingredients. The further round your little bubbling cauldron track you get, the more victory points you get for that round, which is then tracked on the mm-hmm. main board. And How- the more buying power you get. Absolutely, yes. Along with your victory points, depending on your ending position on the scoring track in your cauldron, you will also get buying power for the next round. This allows you to buy up to two more chips, new, more interesting, more powerful ingredients, which you chuck in your bag. Um, And that's essentially it. There's nine rounds. You play through. You make the best potion you can each round. That potion will give you victory points. There's some modifiers towards the end. You, mm-hmm. you trade in your last potion directly for more victory points rather than more spending power. So, Simon, tell me, why wouldn't I just throw all of my <clears throat> potion ingredients into the pot straight away? Well, Tom, that's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we mentioned earlier on there are seven starting tokens, which are cherry bombs. The white chips. If you these are valued either the at one bastard chips. <laughs> these are valued either at one, two, or three points. If you ever exceed more than seven points worth of white cherry bombs in your current potion, it's gonna explode, yo. It's gonna blow up. <laughs> it's gonna blow up. Um, if you do explode, you only get to choose either the victory points or the spending power at the end of that round. Which at the beginning of the game isn't that big a deal, but mm. towards the end of the game, that's if you if you quite muck it problem. up in the final round of the game, you you lose. It it's crippling. Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah. There's a couple of at least a couple of ways to mitigate this. You have a neutralizer flask, which Wayne mentioned, which sits on the side of your board. You can choose once you've played a white cherry bomb out, which doesn't make your potion explode. You can pour your flask in for that round, and you remove that last ingredient. But it goes back in your bag, so, so you you're not particularly again again You can't get rid- yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, Most of the time, it just comes straight back yeah. out again, yeah. <laughs> or, or at least, or at least anecdotally. Yeah, anecdotally. <laughs> you might uh, still have your your special coin for the witch that will allow you, even if your potion would have exploded, you've exceeded seven. You can still use your flask if you have it prepared, and she can say, "Yep, you can mm. use that." She'll wind back time briefly, and you can stop that draw happening but it will still go back in your bag so i will point out that the witches are an expansion aha yes and indeed variable i think they are variable there's a few different options for each of the witches so without the witches you only have the neutralizing flask that's all you get Uh, yeah so yeah we we had that extra safety net which was nice see my first game i don't even know when i'm playing yeah exactly that's a good i'll take it it helped definitely helped (laughs) um but generally otherwise the very much a lot of the gamesmanship i think is working out at what point you choose to leave a white cherry bomb out you might slowly build up you might have two two, three, four on the board, that's fine because the most you can add to it is three. three. You'll get up to that maximum of seven. But anytime you've got five or more out on the board, you're like, oh, I might pull out the three. three? Boom. Boom. And once it booms, that's it. You are out for the round. Sitting there fondling the chips in your bag, trying to work out which one's the three. (laughs) And inevitably, it's whichever one you pull out. Exactly that. Should we talk through um, the round structure, I guess? Say the game will essentially, well, the round will start with an event. And you'll pull an event. The fortune teller event. That's right, the fortune yeah. teller. And unlike many of the games that we've played and reviewed on this show, <laughs> the events are all good. Yeah. They're all nice. Yeah, there's, no, there's, there's no the ship ruptures. No, there was, there's one, no yeah. there was one event that came out that was a bit of a duff because yeah. we'd spent all of our rubies and it required us to spend rubies for a benefit. But for the most part, they're all little benefits. And actually, quite a few of them are sort of geared towards helping the losing players catch up. 
as well. It's a very sort of socialist game. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really, yeah, it's really very, nice very in that. Like, it, yeah. It's got a couple of different elements that help with catch-up, actually. Not, not just the fortune teller events. So it'll start with an event, normally something nice, you'll get something fun. At which point, you'll go straight to pulling stuff from your bag. Mm-hmm. So everyone... Uh, simultaneously. Will, yeah, simultaneously, which is a lovely mm. way that this game will mm. scale between sort of two or four players or even five. With or with without as much screaming and shouting and crying as you like. Normally a lot. Mm-hmm. So at exactly the same time, everyone is pulling ingredients out of their bag one at a time and placing them on their pots. And yeah, with much consternation. I love it. It you sit there and you watch what other people are doing while you're playing with the chips in your Watching bag. Watching them sweat. Trying to work <laughs> out when they're going to stop because you only need to get slightly ahead of them on the track to then win this round and get a little bonus. You know, and you're sitting on six white chips and you're <laughs> trying to work out where that three is because it's going to ruin your day. Yeah, just sort of fondling your bag. Yeah, pretty like, much. Yeah, <laughs> Um, <laughs> it writes itself. We don't do episode titles necessarily, but <laughs> don't fondle your bag too long, and certainly not in front of other people. Mm. Yeah, once everyone's done, you, you can choose to stop at any time, though, right? I mean, if you've got six or seven total value white chips, cherry bombs on your on your mm. pot, you're kind of almost obliged to stop. If you've bought in a prior round a couple of key big ingredients that will maybe jump you further across in your in your score, you might. Yeah. And if they I haven't come out, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I want to keep going because I know there's something in here that's going to be really good or there's a yeah. combo that I haven't quite pulled off exactly. that I really need to do. And then you pull the white three. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then you always pull the white three. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, I think on my first round, I pulled out maybe three tokens out of the eight that you start with. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I just went... I could go further, but I actually get a nice benefit from ending here. So. Exactly. Once that's done, and everyone has either stopped or gone bust, you've then got some round-end cleanup. You've got a bunch of phases, but they, they happen super quickly. Yeah. You get this little bonus die that the winner of that round can roll, mm-hmm. assuming they haven't gone bust. Which, which gives you anything from sort of one or two victory points to, to an pumpkin. extra pumpkin chip, which is <laughs> like a, a boring safe chip. But it yeah. helps hey. dilute your bag. Yeah, it dilutes um, the bag. It powers to, your toadstools. It, yeah, it does uh, power to an extra yeah. ruby or uh, an increase on your droplet, yeah. which is your starting position on the pot for each which round. Which is very nice indeed. Actually, I like that mechanic, just slowly yeah. pushing yourself. Yeah. So you start further. If you imagine, uh, for those who haven't actually seen it, I will put up pictures, of course, when this episode goes live. It's a spiral out from the middle all the way around to essentially the 35th point on the track you can reach. You can start further and further along that track every round mm-hmm. by pushing your droplet further on. So it's a very, very cool worked mechanic. very well for me. <laughs> very, very cool mechanism. Yeah, I agree. Once that's done, you've done your little bonus dice. You then check to see if anyone has any funky effects from the ingredients that they had prior bought and then managed to get out on their potion. And these effects are numerous so um how many did we start with is it eight different types of ingredient i can't even there's, remember quite i think there's seven by default the expansion that we had added an eighth there's a lot so um let's give some examples of some of the uh chips that we could buy so say for example i ended with 20 buying power as an example mm-hmm. i can look at the available ingredients and buy either one chip or two different chips yep. mm-hmm. and that's all i can buy with my my buying power and they could be like the blue chips which were amazing they were like yeah. scry so yeah, yeah. The, the scry so the, was the best idea I the could come blue crow skulls uh, that we were using yes. bearing in mind there's four versions of this blue chip yeah there's the version we use today you can buy a value one 
two or four chip, and the face value is the amount by which you sort of advance the track when you yeah, place it in your, your pot. Score, your so pot. the bigger, the better. Yeah. And when you place it, this blue chip has an effect as you place it, uh, whereas some chips have effects at the end of the round. Uh, and this one says, when you draw this chip and you place it in your pot, your next chip that you will draw, essentially you will draw uh, one, two, or four chips instead of one chip, and you can choose to place one of them. So if you place a blue four, you then draw four more chips. And pick which one you want. And you pick the one that you want, rather than just pulling blindly. And it's a may, so you can actually put all of them back in your bag if you don't want. And go, so you can pull that. all of your destructive white ones and go, I don't want any of them. Go back, Chuck them back put in your bag those and try back again. again. Try you again. might choose that you definitely want to know where your big white three is, so you stick mm. that one down and you know it's not going to explode you late game. True. Yeah. Or you get a really cool, powerful one. You're like, oh, I want to do that one. So that, that's... Or you chain them together, which I did a number of times. I, yeah. I scried four. I found another blue four. I put mm. the blue four out. I scried again. Pulled yeah. another blue. Well, so you can work your way around the track really quickly. And, and the great thing is that all the different colours have different effects and you know various different versions of each of the cards as well. But they all combo together in interesting ways. Mm. Yeah, so do. the blues giving you the ability to sort of manipulate the odds of pulling something useful you could then use to pull out something for example like a green chip which if you stop on a green chip and it's your last chip that you place or your second from last chip or both or both you get a ruby yeah so you could go from a blue into a green knowing that you might then want to stop on the green and variations thereof and there are tons yeah we, we, it would take a while to describe all of them although in play I don't think anyone will struggle because you know you're never adding more than two chips per round. Yeah, you'll learn what that new one does as and when you need to make use of it. Yeah, it's I'm, not I'm, it's not that you need to memorize this list of eight or nine different effects. No, they're ones. quite no. they're quite straightforward, and, and they have the little the little ingredient book, the little sort of card that goes with each color that sits at the end of the table, so anyone can sort of look over and see what the effect is whenever they need to. Once that's done, you've checked out all of the any special effects. You will then check to see if you get a ruby from your finishing position on your potion. Yeah, probably one in five spaces has a ruby on it. Yeah. Kind of intermittently dispersed. It's not every third, but maybe there's yeah. one every other, and then there's a gap of four. So you can kind yeah. of choose potentially where you end so you get that bonus ruby. Exactly. Or you might want to push past it, get a higher victory point or a higher spending power. You then will score victory points depending on how, how far around your pot you are. You will then get buying power, as we talked about, to buy more ingredients to put in your pot, either one or two different chips. At which point you can then spend those rubies that you've gathered during the game to either refresh your neutralizer, which is the only way that you can refresh your neutralizer. Yeah, and so, you, you want to do it. Mm -hmm. And you will want to do that, yeah, because it's a nice little safety net. Or you can spend those two rubies to advance your drip forward, your droplet can go forward, um, giving you a better starting position to allow you to get even further around your pot. Once that's done, you essentially start again. Mm. And let's talk about the catch-up mechanism that you then start to yeah. This is both do cute, later in the game. Cute and very helpful. Yeah, yeah. you have your main uh, victory points tracker, one to fifty on a nice. Yeah. It's a rectangular board, only about well less than A4, I'd say. Yeah, there's no big game board um, for this. It's just a little score tracker. And in the theme of the game, this being medieval and potiony and castly and so on. There's rats everywhere. Of course. They're kind of cute little rats. And their tails intersect every two or three points across the entire 50-point tracker. If there's a tail between you and the Point leader, leader yep. you get to add 
put your little uh, rat marker on your potion in your brew, mm. which means you start slightly further around that yeah. track, a bit like your droplet. It's like an extra droplet. Yeah, yeah. you are. Droplet, you're, yeah. you're basically adding rat tails to your pot for a head start. Yeah. So if you are quite far behind, I think at one point Tom was that's eight behind. Had, 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 <laughs> so that's not eight points. There's eight tails worth. So potentially up to sixteen points behind in the game, but he gets to start eight points further around that track. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, the further around the track you start, the closer you are to bigger victory points for the end of that yep. round. So yep. it's absolutely a benefit. And it really does. It it felt like a balanced catch-up mechanism, says, yeah. says he who was behind until round eight and then took the lead and yeah, won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it didn't feel like it was overpowered because it's not bumping your victory points up. It's not no. pulling you up the victory point track. It just means you start the next round. Yeah, you can still go bust oh, just the same. Exactly, oh, yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. risks and downfalls are just as they were. I think that's a really nice mechanism. It makes it super accessible. And even going bust in this game isn't the end. You will it's get not, something. Yeah, it's a little bit punishing. And, and yeah. it's quite punishing at the end of the game if you go bust in the final round. But yeah. for the most part, you can just... You know, you can choose to bypass either the scoring early game, you know, yeah. not get the victory points when everyone's only getting a couple of victory points anyway. Yeah, you'll always catch up. Or yeah. late game, you can skip the buying because maybe you've probably got enough chips anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you might well develop by round six or seven the bag that you want. Yeah. It will depend on what you pull out, though, and that's where the game is... Uh, infinitely variable because you yeah. do never know what you're going to pull out. You True. might mitigate and have some control over what you need to play, but don't don't count the chips though because you will be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and you will always pull the. You white say that, one. Tom. You came out pretty well at the end. You're able. The to, last round worked you're out. Able, well. You're yeah, able to view your last mm. four chips and then precisely play out the two you <laughs> needed and leave the two that would make you blow up. Yeah. What do we think about the complexity rating of this game then? Where would you rate it, considering all those mechanisms we talked about, that bag pulling, bag building, push your luck mechanisms? I think particularly if you just use the base ingredients, it's not a very complicated game. It's quite easy for people to keep track of the different ingredients and what they do, uh, especially since half the ingredients either don't do anything or they trigger at the end of the round. So you don't need to keep track of them during the sort of simultaneous action phase. You don't need someone sort of looking over anyone's shoulder to keep an eye on what they're doing. That said, there are four different versions of each of the colours of chips, and Mm -hmm. some of the combinations are really wacky. Um, so you can make the game a lot more complicated, but you don't have to. I'd be tempted to put this between a two and a three, mm. somewhere you, in the you midst. You beat me to it. Would you but say yeah, that about that? I, I absolutely agree with what uh, Thomas said. It has potential to get a little more complicated, but never massively so. Mm. The game is nicely structured. You're, you're pulling and placing potion ingredients. Mm. You either blow up or you don't. Yeah, you, And you can always work out what stage you might blow up at. The the only thing you need to really keep track of in the game is how many white tokens have come out. Yeah, Everything yes. else is chance, and you can play completely brainlessly if you want to. You can just pull from the bag and just count your white chips each time yeah. you pull a chip. It, and it's, just, it's such good fun. Yeah. It, Try it, and avoid going bust. It sounds it it's a simple, simple premise. But you are literally going, ha-ha, like, ha-ha, <laughs> ha-ha, ha-ha, oh, <laughs> 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 Well, and you know, you you survive that, that round right, or you don't. Yeah. You you know, you said it's slightly socialist. You always get something at the end mm-hmm, of that mm-hmm, round, yeah. and then you either 
buy new stuff or you don't. You advance slightly on the victory points tracker or you don't. There's n- not much more to it other than some of the yeah. cross-mixing of ingredients. It's a, it's a but weird you pick one. it up as you go. I, yeah. I, would, I would have been tempted to put it maybe lower down, but I think this is definitely more complicated than something like Ticket to Ride, if only for the amount of different variating elements there are there is an individual rule for every ingredient there is like, yeah so but I, but i wouldn't put this at the sort of the strategic level of something like wingspan no which we would not. rate in a similar sort of we think we put closer thing, to right? a three yeah, yeah, yeah so. wing, wingspan you definitely need to plan ahead i want this one ahead of this one yeah. and this will combo well with this and this. i agree this isn't a wingspan but you can't way, but it's it, lower and, than and, that. and it's, it's, lower than it's that. probably only slightly lower because yeah. you can't control most of the time, the probability. True. It is what it is. You you try and swing the weight of probability and odds in your favour by adding more chips to your bag. Yeah. You'll either make it but super sweet. But it might not work. It yeah. might not work, right? You can, you can pick up some cool powers along the way, but effectively, the more ingredients you have, yeah. they're just push, things to push you around the track. Just, some yeah. of them do it better than others. Some of them give you a cool thing as you go. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, Tom kept wanting me to buy the big pumpkin. Buy it, the big boring orange boy. It moves, you, <laughs> it moves you six spaces around the track in one go. It's the thing which that, is more than every other yeah, chip in the game. It's two more spaces around the track per token put down if you pull it out of the bag. But my if. counter to that was I'd rather buy more of the four yeah. blues because they allow me to see what's coming it's ahead. Yeah. I progress slightly slower, but I know what's coming a bit, yeah, a little yeah. bit more. So. Um, it's cool. I, I really like it. But I think, yeah, I think I think somewhere between a two and a three is good. And I will say one more thing on that element. You can uh, agree or not. I think this game looks intimidating when everything is out. I think it looks more intimidating. It than does. Some games. Yeah, you got pile, there piles a of lot tokens of next out. to every book. You've got seven or eight books with the different ingredient you effects have a listed track, on them. Middle track, an individual board, you've got got boards. cards, a dice, mm. a, some chips, and that shouldn't put people off. It doesn't. It doesn't a, have a big game board, no. but it's lots of little bits, and they're all sort of scattered all over the place, and you have to so, keep track. Yeah, of Yeah, I, I can see what you mean with that. Yeah. It, the quantity of things might be a potential blocker. Yeah. I, I really do think that they are an engaging thing that would I draw your eye. I agree. If I saw I this on a table without knowing, and even just the box, when I first saw this in the shop, I, you know, I picked. It, I never didn't buy it at the time. You guys seemingly have both bought it. But yeah, definitely one of those. Oh. What is that? I think Tom bought it first, and I played it. I went, I need that I game. Did, yeah. It's right. <laughs> well, it's and, you know, so there's a reason fun. why it won the um, Game of the Year 2018 Spieler. Yep, it won the Kenner Spiel, yep. so, which is yeah, one of two big awards, well, three big awards that the Spiel DR gives out, and that's the Connoisseurs game, which is a massive achievement for any, any game, So uh, and well-deserved, I think. All right, so let's talk about the theme-gameplay interaction. How do we feel about the theme? Does it feel thematic? Does the gameplay work together with the theme? Yes. Yes, yes. I, I feel like I'm 100%. making a potion and uh, just throwing random shit into a potion and hoping it doesn't explode. Uh, yeah, Wolfgang Vorsch has done a, a freaking amazing yeah. job of that. It does feel uh, yeah. very witchy. And I love, <laughs> I love the interaction between the players because you're all, you're constantly eyeing what your neighbours oh, yeah. are doing like, what and trying done? to trying to work out if you need to keep putting stuff in your potion so your potion's going to be worth more than their potion. <laughs> but you know that yours is about to explode, so you're <laughs> like, like oh, well, <laughs> A game okay. that you can enjoy as a spectator whilst playing, I think, is a is quite. A, a yeah, there, there are some real. There are some real sort of like a doom or delight moments. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. Where, where yeah. you know that you could pull something from your bag that will like li- literally pull it out of the bag and you will win the round or the game. 
Or you could pull the white three chip and you go bust and then you lose completely. Happens often. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That white three chip is bizarrely magnetic. <laughs> Sticks to your hands. Sticks to your fingers. Which is why I put it down as soon as I pull it. If I haven't got anything else out, yeah. I'd rather have yeah, it out than not. True, that's I don't true, know. I like true. I like swingy bangs. It's fun. <laughs> <You didn't>. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's, that's about that's about your swingy bag, Thomas. Um, yeah, I I think they've done a cracking job. I think it's a wonderful. I don't know how they if they thought about the the bag pulling mechanisms first and designed it around that or they thought I want to make a witchy sort of quacks game yeah, and then, so, so I've said yeah, this before interesting. This, the mechanism could be deck building yeah but I don't think it would be anywhere near as satisfying and tactile as no, not at all. fondling your bag the the bag the ingredient pulling is a more thematic integration right than deck, deck yeah. building. I, mean, yeah. I, I mean my, this is whatever this is this is my bag of eyeballs Mm. Whatever, whatever it is, yeah. there's my bag of stuff that's throwing. I'm throwing into my pot. Would, someone, very, someone left a load of cherry bombs in yeah, there. The very act of it is thematic. I'd mm. much rather be pulling items from a bag than constantly yes. reshuffling a deck every round to pull I agree. out. Yeah, it would feel too like oh, I've shuffled, I've shuffled once. Now I'm just pulling to see at what point disaster happens. Mm-hmm. I whereas yeah. with this, you, you shake the bag up, you know. Yeah, also, it's the tactile when thing. Very, very like, rewarding. When you play a mandrake and you pull the white. The last wipe chip off. Yeah. If that was cards, you'd have to shuffle the yeah, deck again. Shuffle it back and yeah, shuffle yeah, yeah. For those like me who don't really enjoy shuffling cards or don't do it very well, knowing that mathematically, if you're doing a crappy shuffle like I do, you need to do it about 10,000 times <laughs> of true <laughs> randomization. Yeah, the bag is it's great. It's definitely great. the solution. I would rate the theme integration a five out of five. Yeah, I'll go right up there. Mm-hmm. I think it's magic. You I love could, I love the artwork. I love the way the the potion cauldron looks, and it feels like you are throwing stuff into a potion yeah, cauldron. Couldn't do any better. I think mm-hmm. they did a great job of that. All right, um, let's talk about the turn length and the flow of the game. So it's actually wonderful in that respect because it's simultaneous. Yeah, you have one yep. long resolution, or long a resolution at the end of everything. The resolution like step's not very long at no, all. And we've got all those, you know. Do, do your chips do something funky? Yeah. Do you get to roll the dice? Do you get rubies? Let's buy new ingredients. Let's start again. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the fun bit of the game is everyone at the same time in the bag throwing stuff in the chips and everyone making a load well, of noise. Even the it. scoring and the buying, uh, you can essentially do simultaneously. I, I think in theory you're supposed to do it in turn order, but it doesn't really matter. No, not really. In, unless you happen to run out of a particular size of a particular chip. That's the only time it really matters. Or if, you know, you really are paying attention to what your neighbours are doing, but to be honest, you're building a bag full of random elements, so mm-hmm. you can't control it anyway. Yeah, you could, you could absolutely be anal about it, know exactly what everyone else has. Yeah. And it's still random what comes out of the bag at any one point. Yeah, so you, you build, you build this combo. <laughs> yeah, you build yourself a combo and you're like, I well, I, I've got this really good combo of these particular two elements mm-hmm. that need to come out. Mm-hmm. And then they come out in the wrong order and they don't work. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you get, they or come you, out separated you get the by thing another chip. If you have more of this in this token in play than your neighbours, you get a bonus. If yeah. you don't pull it out three rounds in a in a trot, it get doesn't enough. matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Other than it moves you one more space around the board. Yeah. And it's cost you the ten spending power that mm. you could have spent buying a giant ass pumpkin. Yeah, Big true, true. pumpkins. <laughs> but I think, yeah, uh, flow of the game and, and, and lengthwise, I think it's 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 wonderful. It's a great sweet spot. Yeah. You're um, never ever sat waiting. No, Un- unless true. you've finished your potion and other people are going on 
particularly much longer than you. But even then, as I say, there's a degree of spectator sport to it. Mm-hmm. You can sit yeah. there going, are they going to blow it's up? Are entertaining they going to blow up? Yeah. 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 If, if you know you're out of the round, yeah. you get great satisfaction just watching other people. It's fun, <laughs> fun to watch and or heckle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely yeah. heckle. Mm-hmm. Always heckle. <laughs> on, try and encourage your, your competitors to pull chip. more chips. It's totally safe. Yeah, you've got you're only on six. What are the chances? It'll be fine. Loads of chips in there. You've got loads of chips. The rules were super well written, very clear, easy to understand, and not a massive amount of them, so I've got no really real issue with the rules. Fairly easy to teach. Does this game respect your time? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think it's billed at about 45 minutes. and About right. We're I mean, playing, ours was a bit longer. Yeah, we were playing the first time with Simon, so there was a bit of teaching involved. Yeah, with an expansion. Don't blame think, me. Um, with, with an expansion. But I think yeah. <laughs> uh, we've, we've played with a few new people. We've played... Um, Several rounds of people who have already played, and yeah. it's about that. It's about forty-five minutes. Yeah, uh, it takes a little bit of sort of setup and teardown because there's quite a lot of Individual bags of tokens bits. and different yeah. colours that need to be sorted into piles and stuff like that. But it's not, yeah. uh, you know, you could probably reset it and play a second round quite easily. Oh, one hundred percent. I think once this game is out, you'll probably want to play two games of it because mm-hmm. you'll play mm-hmm. the first game and be like, ah, oh, dang it, I should have mm-hmm. done this. Try a different colour. Yeah, try a different mm-hmm. colour or, or try different ingredients. And yeah, ten minutes setup, ten minutes teardown. So you're looking probably just over an hour for the game. I think it's a, a good respect for your time. So let's dive into those final thoughts. Uh, Tom, what do you like most about Quacks of Quedlinburg? I both love and hate the bag building. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah the, the, you, the bag building is, a, is an element that you don't see a lot. In board games, I haven't um, got too many bag builders, but I like it. No, I, I, and I don't think I. I think the only other bag builder, if you want to call it that, that I own is Clank, that has bag building element in yeah. it for, for for the the sort of the Clank noise generation mechanism. But yeah. there are not a huge number of bag builders. You see deck builders and stuff like that much much more frequently. True, um, but for this, it's perfect and mm. it's really really evocative of the potion brewing theme and it's so tactile and so rewarding and so distressing at the same time it's brilliant <laughs> uh, Simon what do you like the most about it? Uh, yeah it's got to be it's got to be that hasn't it there, yeah. it's that feeling that you're progressing towards less potential for disaster whilst maintaining almost exactly the same level for potential <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mathematically speaking, by the numbers on the things and the volume of good chips versus bad, you should always do better. And you do, it is borne out over the rounds of the game. Yeah. You score better, higher, later Although rounds. Although it may yeah. not always feel that way. But yeah. Because it, <laughs> <laughs> it gives you that constant level of... It's not tension, hmm. trepidation maybe, that excitement of... Bag anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> But it's enjoyable, you know. We were we were both sat there at the end, going, oh, "Sod it! Shall I just, just shall I just blow up?" Uh, and then I think we both, after the game finished, went, "Let's see what would happen." And I think we yeah, both yeah. blew up on the next, next one. Like, next ah. one. Yeah, stop just in time. <laughs> and that's that is exciting. It's fun, absolutely. Um, and I think that's really important to kind of hammer home. This is a fun action arcadey almost kind yeah. of game. It's not supposed to be anything heavy. Exactly and, uh, that. Yeah. I think I would recommend it for everyone, possibly yeah. jumping ahead. That's fine. You can there, jump there would be. I'd want everyone to give this a go because we've said we've established it doesn't take a long time to get into. Doesn't take a long time to play. I think everyone will get something out of it. 
I will go into my um, likes. I, or I'm going I'm to echo that, but just for the sake of variety, what I like the most, interestingly for this game, is the amount of variety in the base box that you get. There are an insane amount of combinations of ingredients that you can play with, mm-hmm. with four of each, I think, in the base game. Um, which is yeah, I think the black one only has two sides because it varies with the number of players. Yeah, and the, the orange, orange doesn't yes, but, change. Yeah, but for them, but, but everything else. But even still, I mean, it's you're going to be playing this a lot in order to see every single combination, and I feel like even that adds and lends itself to the theme gameplay interaction because this is a game about experimenting with ingredients. Yeah, right. Yeah, so oh, you could try, what's going to happen if I throw this in? Like, you could try you the know. same three colours but with the different variants of those colours. Yeah. And then you could try a totally different set of colours for your, your next set of games. Exactly. So, yeah, lots, you get lots that, of variability. Or just mix them up and just, um, yeah, maybe I'll experiment with this. Like I said to the guys before we played it, um, I'm going to do this specific one thing this game that I've never done before. I'm going to focus on green and yellow because I've never mm. done that and see how that works. Worked all right. Try a different, try <laughs> try, a different combo, try different see things. what happens. Yeah, it rewards experimentation. I think that's a fantastic thing about this game and very thematic indeed. Is there anything you don't like, Tom? I'm going to go back to what you said earlier, actually. It's a bit of a, a sort of an intimidating cell to look at on the table. It is a little. It, it actually takes up a surprising amount of space considering <laughs> it's all sort of little boards and the, the box isn't that big mm. yeah. maybe maybe with sort of like you know little pots for each of the counters yeah, you probably easier. take up a little bit less space but it's not out of the box organisation that is lacking and could not necessarily ramp up the cost of the game very much for a relatively small investment Simon? I mean having only played it the once there's yep. nothing that's jumping out of me as you're going oh I wish that wasn't an element or mm. i wish it did this differently mm. uh, yeah i suppose i'd agree that possibly there's a third party out there that will sell you a here's how you store Insert it and you or can, something you yeah. can lift it out of the box and play it yeah yeah but i don't find putting stuff in little bags particularly a drawback so no, that's fair <laughs> fine by me and i've got a big table so again not that's <laughs> true that's true um it's very euroy um you've got of course the bag building and sort of chance probability stuff but there's no interaction between me and you as we play yeah. And there's no interaction with me and Tom as we play. We do our bag and we make our potion. The interaction is me heckling you. Yeah, so well, the, the interaction is, so. is you waiting for me to decide if I'm going to, you know, pull out of the of the race or not. And then yes. and then you deciding, well, maybe I'll pull one or more, two more yeah, chips and you, risk if you, it. If yes. you want to chase ahead on any given round so you get that bonus die roll. But yeah. a lot of the time I didn't. I'd, I'd, ra- I'd rather much, feel no. I'd rather feel safe and not explode than yes. try and get three you know two more points by True. risking rolling ahead. Th- mm. Not that this game needs much interaction, but just to note, there isn't much. So you talked about who this game is for. Um, would you agree, Tom, that this is quite an accessible game and could be available to or, or enjoyed by everyone? Yes, uh, definitely. I think it's uh, it's pr- pretty family friendly. It's got yeah. some good catch up mechanics to make it less punishing for people who aren't really paying attention or not necessarily sort of thinking about what they're doing. True. Um, honestly, you know, the hardest thing is going to be the pronunciation of the game, <laughs> <laughs> particularly for small people. I think actually this has quite an appeal to almost every level of gamer right from I, I really feel that i think if you're playing with potentially younger family members you could so easily mid round of your own you know, you just don't pull for a few seconds you can easily look at someone else's board and go okay just so you know you're at this stage yeah this might be a risk for you but it takes it's you know it's a matter of seconds you go you're, you're sat on seven if you pull another white you're going to explode do you know that that's the case uh-huh 
but that's a split second. So for those people who aren't necessarily quite up to speed with how the game works for their first few rounds, yeah, and that kind of thing for me, rather than you having to go, oh well, you need to un- you need to understand this element, this element, this element, and this element. Have you considered this and this? You can just go. Just so you know, you might blow up next time you pull something. That's all you need to tell someone on any given turn. I think yeah. that makes it super accessible. Yeah, I think this it really does have something for for almost everybody. You can make it as complex or as or as basic as as you like mm. to yeah you know, within the realms of the constraints of the game and the ingredients that it gives you. And uh, it's a wonderful thing. And a fixed number of rounds always helps. I think. Yeah, games that have time. you know this is nine rounds. There's other games that have as, as few as four rounds. And I yeah. It'll, you know, it can as well as giving you a rough fixed length of game. You also don't feel like, oh god, I've got to do this eight more times again. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's... <laughs> or an un- or an unknown amount of times. When when's the game finished? Uh, no, yeah, some point. It's, that's another point. It, it absolutely does not outstay its welcome. It plays in exactly the right amount of time that it needs to. So, uh, final thoughts. Let's go back to you, Simon. I guess you, if you have a uh, conclusion, and would you give this a, a final rating based on on value and uh, how much you've enjoyed it? Uh, yeah, as I said earlier, I think for a assumed RRP of twenty nine ninety nine, or perhaps it's around, it's, it's around that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's great bang for your buck, as we've mentioned multiple times. Huge replayability because you can approach it in so many different ways. Uh, great scale up ability between two and four players mm-hmm. or you said five with the expansion five with an so, expansion yeah um, and yeah i really do think it's accessible and enjoyable at varying levels it's one of those that's i suppose we'd call not necessarily a filler game but something a more relaxed play than a next step yeah. that's what i call them yeah rather than putting out a big game. box it's you know this is a little bit more complicated than something else you've played but nothing that's going to scare you off great and your your final value rating for quacks of Quedlinburg. I'd say four out of five. Fair play. Tom? Uh, I'm going to leave with a value. This is definitely a five. Yeah, it's great value. Um, We've played this a bunch of times. I have a great time each time we've played it. We've tried some of the different ingredients. We've tried one of the expansions. Uh, I I have the other expansion that we haven't tried yet. Which adds another layer of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. um, And yeah, it's it's the accessibility. It's relatively easy to get to the table. It doesn't outstay its welcome. It's quite quick to play. So it's it's easy to sort of um, share with people and Mm. use it to fill in between more complex games or if you only only have limited time so it's always good to have things like that on the shelf agreed i've played this for my final word i've played this with folks that aren't really games at all mm-hmm. um and they loved it um and i've played this with tom and yourself simon people that game a lot and you folks have loved it it's it's a testament to its design and it's why it's won the kenner spiel dr uh, in 2018 well deserved in my in my uh, estimation and yeah based on the amount that we have played it on and how it's you know the combinations are different every time the ingredients are different uh, it's got to be a five the value is insane for, for 30 quid um certainly worth your investment and if not your investment check it out at your local game shop check it out at the comic shop crawley uh, where you can probably pick it up if it's still on the shelf there so um yeah. go do that Thanks for listening to Board Stupid. Subscribe to us for updates and to get future episodes of the show delivered directly to your ear holes via your favourite podcast service. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Board Stupid UK, spelled B-O-A-R-D. And also at our home, anchor.fm forward slash Board Stupid. If you like our content, do us a massive favour, give us a five-star review wherever you can review us and share the links to the episodes on social media. For any feedback, comments or questions, Stick in the comments below because we'd love to hear from you. 
have you played Quacks? What are your favourite combinations of ingredients for the tastiest potion? Almost poisonous. Depends what your aims and objectives are, really. Bit of um, both. A bit of both. <laughs> if it's tasty, you're more likely to poison them. Why does the white three chip always immediately reappear after you neutralise it? But do you count your chips in your bag, or is that just a recipe for failure? Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again real soon. Hubble, bubble, toil and trouble. Oh, who put that in there? Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs>